From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Ernie Spizak had a master's from the University of Pittsburgh, and he was a local historian of the Mon Valley area, and some people consider him the David McCluff of the Braddock and North Braddock region. Ernie died on April 20th, 2017 at age 71, but back in 2014, we talked to him about his then new book, Pittsburgh's Forgotten Civil War Regiment, the first ever history of the 62nd Pennsylvania Volunteer Infantry. Here's our conversation with the late Ernie Spizak. You know, I wrote a book uh, a few years ago, but I certainly did not get unanimously five-star reviews on Amazon. But our guest this week did. He is Ernie Spizak. He lives in Chalfont Borough. He's just released a book called Pittsburgh's Forgotten Civil War Regiment, A History of the 62nd Pennsylvania Volunteer Infantry. Uh, it's available on Amazon or directly from Mr. Spizak. But uh, the reviews are really phenomenal, and I've really been looking forward to this interview. And he's on the telephone with us right now. Good morning, Ernie. Good morning, Jason. How are you? Very good. Uh, tell me about yourself. Where did you grow up at? Uh, I grew up in North Braddock. Uh, graduated from Scott High School in uh, 1963 and uh, lived there for uh, for at least another 10 or 15 years uh, until I moved to Shelfland. How did you come to be interested in history? Of course, you were surrounded by history living in North Braddock. Yeah, uh, I guess I always kind of liked history. Uh, I can remember as a kid the uh, Playing with the with the plastic soldiers and building uh, all the model World War II models, the tanks and so forth. But I really didn't get interested in the Civil War basically until Ken Burns' documentary came out, and I watched that, and I watched it, and I watched it, and I was just intrigued by it. And then uh, I guess then some of the movies came out, the Gettysburg movie, and then um, uh, the one of the uh, Glory uh, uh, regarding the the 54th uh, Black Regiment, Massachusetts uh-huh. Regiment. So I, that's about how I got interested in in the Civil War, basically from watching TV and, and and watching the movies. The book is called Pittsburgh's Forgotten Civil War Regiment: A History of the 62nd Pennsylvania Volunteer Infantry. I mentioned that people can get it from Amazon. Is it in stores too? Can I get it at? Bar- no, it's it's in Amazon, okay. or you can. They can purchase it from me. I have a, a mess of them here at, at, at home. <laughs> How do they get in touch with you? Uh, my uh, email address is delon11 at verizon.net. Why is it the Forgotten Civil War Regiment? Oh. What, what makes it the Forgotten Regiment? Well, because the history had never been written. And that's what intrigued me. I started reading... Uh, I, I joined the Civil War Roundtable years ago and. I just I kept saying to myself and asking people at the round table there had to be somebody from from Pittsburgh in this in this war mm-hmm. so I got out a book called uh Bates the uh, Pennsylvania Volunteers and it listed all of the Pennsylvania regiments that fought in the Civil War and it gave a brief synopsis of them so I found that and I made copies of that of those pages 
and I, I found the 62nd Pennsylvania, and it had a, a brief history, battle history of the battles that they fought, a roster of the men who joined, listed every reg, Civil War regiment that had a, uh, a regimental history written. And there was never one written for the 62nd Pennsylvania, so I decided to write it. It's kind of that simple. A few months ago, uh, there was a, a touring exhibit uh, about uh, Pittsburgh and the Civil War, and it came to McKeesport, and we had some folks on from the Heinz History Museum and from the uh, McKeesport Heritage Center to talk about that exhibit. Um, what What is the significance, though, of, of the Pittsburgh region in the Civil War? For instance, I mean, I know we had all these uh, foundries uh, here that were supplying weapons and equipment, and, and uh-huh. I, I guess the railroads and the rivers were important, too, huh? I do remember reading about the arsenal and uh-huh. how they were uh, developing weapons and cannons. And at some point on a Christmas Eve, when there was rumor that there would be a, a war and that the South would succeed, there was a shipment uh, leaving the arsenal headed for uh, a southern state, and I'm thinking maybe may have been Texas, uh-huh. and a the neighbors and the residents of Pittsburgh found out that the about the shipment was going to be moving down towards the river, and they blocked the streets and they would not allow it to uh, to to go to its destination. Other than that, Jason, there's not much there's not much that I know or that was written about the Pittsburgh in the Civil War. Now there is a there is a book out by a gentleman by the name of Arthur Fox, and he has a book about Pittsburgh and the Civil War, but uh, that's about all I can tell you. We're, we're talking with Ernie Spizak this morning. He's written a new book called Pittsburgh's Forgotten Civil War Regiment, A History of the 62nd Pennsylvania Volunteer Infantry. Now, you can get this on Amazon.com, or you can order this directly from Mr. Spizak, and it's D-Lon, D-E-L-O-N-11 at verizon.net, correct? That's correct, sir. Uh, maybe we should start off here uh, with a little bit of terminology. What's a what's a volunteer infantry? How many people in a volunteer infantry? During the Civil War, uh, the, volunteer inf- the volunteer regiments uh, had to have 10 companies in them, and a company always uh, consisted of 100 men. Okay. When they started recruiting for this regiment, they had 12. They were able to get 12 regiments. So there were approximately 1,200 men when the regiment was first mustered in. Uh, and uh, Colonel Black, who was a uh, a Pittsburgh lawyer and the son of Irish immigrants, uh, was the, the gentleman who was uh, given the authority to go ahead and raise the regiment. So there were approximately 1,200 men in the regiment, and they came from... All around, they they came from communities in Allegheny County, North Side, South Side. Actually, I think there's some men there from McKeesport, mm-hmm. uh, Upper St. Clair, uh, the South Hills area. Then there were other companies formed by uh, the Blair Blair County was one, Armstrong County was one, Clarion County and Jefferson County. So there were four regiments. Uh, from those counties that and and 
that that joined the regiment. So, so that would bring in like uh, Catanning, Clarion, Altoona, those kind of areas too, in addition to these folks from the Pittsburgh area. That's correct. Yes, sir. Okay. Let's uh, take a quick 30-second break, and we're going to be talking more, a little bit in-depth about some of the hardships that these uh, men faced as they went off to battle in the Civil War from the Pittsburgh and McKeesport and South Hills area. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes. Our guest this morning is author Ernie Spizak. We'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes. Support comes from the readers of TubeCityOnline.com and the Tube City Almanac, and we thank them for their support. If you'd like to contribute, please visit our website, call us at 412-614-9659, or email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com. This week, we are remembering the late Ernie Spizak, who died April 20th, 2017. Ernie was a journalist and historian focusing on the Braddock and North Braddock areas. We interviewed him in 2014. Guest this morning is Ernie Spizak. He's written a book called Pittsburgh's Forgotten Civil War Regiment, a history of the 62nd Pennsylvania Volunteer Infantry. And you can get that from Amazon.com or directly from Mr. Spizak by emailing him, D-E-L-O-N-11 at Verizon.net. Do you have an idea of how many uh, units from Pennsylvania fought in the Civil War? Because the 62nd was uh, by far not the only group from Pennsylvania in the Civil War. I wish I had that answer, Jason. Okay. Uh, but I I have to tell you the truth. I can't remember exactly how many there were. But uh, Well, your focus is on the 62nd, so. Sure. Yeah. And, and and what kind of jobs did these folks leave behind? You were before we took the break. You were mentioning there were sure. men from Pittsburgh, McKeesport. I'm assuming Braddock, Homestead, uh, and then all the way up from Clarion County and, and Blair County, which is sort of the Altoona area. What kind of jobs did these guys come from? It was it was a mixed it was a mixed bag. Uh, they were around here. They were factory workers, uh, uh, clerks, uh, salesmen. Farmers, um, uh, the, the, some of the regiments uh, out of Allegheny County, they were lumbermen, uh, rivermen, uh, glass blowers. Um, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was just like the regular, regular, regular men from uh, different occupations. Were, were most of these uh, fellows born in the United States, or were there some immigrants in there too? Most of them were born in the United States. What kind of these were all volunteers, right? So they were not these were not draftees, correct? That's correct. So what kind of training did they get? Oh boy. Uh well they were raw recruits, that's for sure. Um they uh their their first camp was in what is today the strip district down around Smallman Street. Okay. And there was an old uh county fairground that was abandoned and that was turned into to their first uh camp. So when they mustered in, uh, at when as each company was completed, they got their way down to this camp on Smallman Street, and then once they were all gathered, uh, Colonel Black, not, they didn't have uniforms, they had no weapons. I'm assuming Colonel Black was regular army, right? So he had come in, he, 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 he was not a volunteer. He's or a, a veteran of the Mexican War. Mexican War, okay. And uh, he, uh, they unfurled their flags, and the band played... Uh, the girl I left behind, and they marched up to what was then known as Liberty Street, which was Liberty Avenue. Avenue now. 
to the Pennsylvania train station, and they boarded the trains and uh, headed off to war. What, what I thought was interesting is they they were on the Pennsylvania Railroad, so they just came past my old, my hometown with Braddock. <laughs> so and, they came uh, through. Yeah, sure. They would have had to, huh? And they would have passed what was called then Braddock's Field, which was the uh, the battlefield of Braddock's defeat with uh, in in 1755. So that was kind of an interesting sidelight. And of course, the Edgar Thompson Works was not there yet, and we think of that being there kind of forever, but I don't think Carnegie built that until the 1870s, correct? Correct, after the Civil War. So we're really going, I mean, it's 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 hard to, almost hard to imagine. We're talking 150 years ago. Uh, the, was this 62nd formed in 1861? Yes, sir. So so early on, the first year, first months of the, of the Civil War, the war between the states, this regiment is formed, and this whole Mon Valley is farmland. Yes, yes. Yes, and and ferry ferry boat docks and 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 things like that. Huh? Wow, that's uh, that's that's kind of hard to imagine, huh? When I was when I was starting to research it, uh, I kind of had the feeling that although I had no ancestors in that regiment, because they came from this area, I kind of had a kinship to them for some reason, and uh, but I never had any people that really served in it. But uh, yeah, they. You know, if, if they were living in McKeesport or North Braddock, and they were they were, you know, uh, in the in the in the heart of the industrial beginning of the industrial era, uh, and uh, that's where I grew up at. So it kind of had a a nice feeling for me. So these raw recruits uh, get on the train uh, in in Pittsburgh, and they head off. and And where's their first stop then? Harrisburg. Harrisburg. Hmm? And, and and from from where then? Where do they go then? Well, from there, they they spent probably a good three or four months in in what we would call basic training, moving from camp to camp, uh, and that's where they were uh, they were turned in from uh, raw recruits to uh, to soldiers. Uh, they they would they would drill for ten twelve hours a day. They would learn all of the commands that a, a Civil War regiment needed to know. Uh, how to march, how to do this, how to do that. Uh, and it, they started it, it, it early in the morning, and they ended late in the evening. And uh, that's how they, they learned the maneuvers, because uh, the, w- the way they fought the Civil War was basically the way Napoleon fought in the Napoleonic Wars, was uh, shoulder to shoulder, marching across the field, and... Uh, firing your gun and keep moving no matter how many men were shot and killed. So it, it took them a long time of training, and, and they trained in the sun, in the heat, in the dust, in the rain, and uh, that's where they, I guess that's what they call their bona fides. <laughs> yeah, what, what kind of equipment were they carrying? Just a regular Civil War muskets Okay. and bayonets. Uh, so you got one shot out of one of those muskets. That's, These were not modern guns with cartridges and bullets. That's right. And uh, supposedly, from listening to some of the movies, uh, they could they could get off three shots in a, in a, in a minute, depending on how fast they reloaded and shoved the ball down and got the ramrod in and all that stuff that I know nothing about. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> were you, I should have asked, uh, did you serve? Uh, not in the Civil War, obviously, <laughs> but uh, were you called up to service? No, I, no, I was not. Okay, because you, you said you had you felt like you had sort of a kinship with these uh, gentlemen. We're talking like the area where where they yeah. grew up and where I grew up. We're, we're talking with Ernie Spizak. He has written a book called Pittsburgh's Forgotten Civil War Regiment: A History of the 62nd Pennsylvania Volunteer Infantry. You can get that on Amazon.com. I will also uh, later on today put that on our website, uh, TubeCityOnline.com, so that you can uh, so that anybody listening to this can get a get to it a little bit easier. It, what uh, what was the first battle that these men went into? The first battle was on the peninsula, um, the Virginia Peninsula. Okay. And the first little skirmish was uh, called the Hanover Courthouse. But it's really, considering the battles that, that, that came after that, it, that would be considered a little skirmish. The first major battle was uh, the, what they called the Battle of Gaines Mill. And at that battle... And where was that also in Virginia? That's in Virginia okay. on, the, on the peninsula. What is, there, what is there now in that area? Is that uh, like beach area? Is that where people vacation now? Actually, it's... it's it's in the area of like where Yorktown is. Okay. Okay. Um, they th- at that battle, Colonel Black was killed. Um, but th- they had uh, that was one of their first real battles, and they lost a considerable amount of men. And then they went on from there. Th- there was another battle on the peninsula called uh, the Battle of Malvern Hill. And uh, from that point on, then. Uh, after the fall of, of York, actually they were they were at Yorktown, and there was a, a siege of Yorktown, kind of similar, I guess, to the Revolutionary War, and uh, they were able to uh, run the run the rebels out of out of Yorktown, and from that point on, then the entire Army of the Potomac moved off the peninsula and headed back to uh, to, to to Virginia and Maryland. I, I don't know a lot about the Civil War, but that was, um, I, I guess the Union Army got the, kind of got the jump on the Confederates at first, and then the Confederates came back very strong. Yeah, um, well, the, 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 the commanding general of the Army of the Potomac was General McClellan. Who President Lincoln became very unhappy with. Yes, and, and if, if you do a little bit of reading of anybody's history, you could see why. I mean, the man was ingenious in terms of building his army up, but he just didn't want to move it. And uh, when he did move it, uh, when he got to where he was supposed to go, he uh, was very reluctant to uh, to join the battle. So uh, Lincoln got rid of him. But then, was ironically, it, it, a, Lincoln, a year later, he hired him back. Wasn't Lincoln's famous uh, joke something like, uh, tell General McClellan that if he doesn't have any use for the Army that uh, he could loan it to me for a while? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We're talking with Ernie Spizak. Uh, he's an author of a new book, uh, Pittsburgh's Forgotten Civil War Regiment, a history of the 62nd Pennsylvania Volunteer Infantry. And we're going to take another quick 30-second break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the McKeesport area, and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412-614-9659 or email tubecitytiger at gmail.com.
You're listening to our interview with the late Ernie Spizak, journalist and historian from the North Braddock area. Ernie died on April 20th, 2017 at the age of 71. Let's continue now to listen to our conversation with him from 2014. And we're back with Ernie Spizak. He's the author of Pittsburgh's Forgotten Civil War Regiment, a history of the 62nd Pennsylvania Volunteer Infantry. Uh, Off the air, uh, Ernie, you were telling me that you've got a book signing coming up July 9th. Yes, sir. Uh, and bef- and then I'm that's also- at the Monroeville Monroeville Public Library, July 9th. That's correct. Okay. And then I'm going to uh, Gettysburg on July 5th. There is a group of reenactors who reenact Company D from the 62nd Pennsylvania, and they've gone in touch with me. And every year they go to Gettysburg on July 5th. There is a there was a farmhouse on the battlefield called the Leitner Farm, which is now a bed and breakfast. This group goes up every July fifth, and they have permission to set up their their company street on the property, so people can walk through and see what it's like to be in a Civil War camp. They invited me to go up there that day, and. Around 10 o'clock in the morning, they always go down to the monument in the wheat field, and they uh, to pay to pay respect to the regiment, and they say a few words, and then they uh, they lay a wreath at the foot of the monument, and they ask me if I would be willing to be the one to lay the wreath, and I considered that quite an honor, so I agreed to do that. Now we'll be doing that on the 5th of July. The, the, we were talking before we took that uh, second break there about the, they were at the Peninsular Battles uh, in, around Yorktown uh, in Virginia, but uh, they then went on to Mechanics, uh, Mechanicsville, Gaines Mill, Malvern Cliffs, Malvern Hill, I think we you, you mentioned, right. Second Bull Run, Antietam, Fredericksburg, Chancellorsville, uh, Gettysburg, of course, uh, Rappahannock Station, Mine Run, Spotsylvania. They were at some of the big battles of the Civil War over the next three years then. Yes, they were. They they were at Antietam, but they weren't called into action. Um, they were at, at Fredericksburg, which was a bloodbath. Um, and the name of that chapter I call Every Step Spoke of Death. Uh, I, all of my chapters are taken from little excerpts from soldiers' letters that I had found. Uh, the Gettys, uh, Frederick, Fredericksburg was... A disaster. Uh, then, uh, then they went to Chancellorsville in '63, uh, and then from Chancellorsville they went to Gettysburg, and from that point on, uh, most of the ones that you mentioned, they had gone. They fought in the, in those battles also. I see one figure here that they start. They, they over the years they had 1,600 men, and they lost 744. They had 744 casualties. So. Um, uh, 100 and, and you correct me if I'm wrong. These figures might be might be wrong. 160 some that were killed or died of their wounds. Yeah. Uh, 500 who were wounded and 77 died of disease. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, every every battle chapter I have, I have listed at the end the number of men that were killed in action at that battle, that were wounded and died from their wounds, the ones that were wounded, and and I was able to get all that information. And also, if you were if they were killed or wounded, I was able to list who they left behind. If they were married or or, or not married, if they were married and had children and so forth. So uh, that's really, I think, very informative to the reader because 
Uh, you don't get a lot of that kind of information in a regular uh, regimental history. I uh, where where did you find the, you used what three hundred and some diaries? Yes, uh, sir. Where did you find these diaries at? This is this is interesting. Uh, somewhere along the line, I met a gentleman online who was an archivist who lived in Maryland, and most of the work he did was for uh, World War II veterans. Uh-huh. And you could put a gun to my head today, and I couldn't tell you exactly how we we connected with each other. But I started sending him information to look up pension records for specific soldiers. What I was able to do off of the roster that I was using, it would tell you whether somebody was wounded or killed at, at a particular battle or or died from disease. So I would send him those lists, and he would look up the pension records and, and make copies of the pension records and send them to me. One day, he informed me, he said, you're not going to believe what I'm finding. I'm finding the original letters that these men wrote and that their families wrote to them, and they're in the pension records. Do you want me to send them to you or copy them and send them to you? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> sure. What, I, what we found out was if you were in the Union Army, and you were wounded or if you were killed and your relatives or if you were just wounded and after the war, if you were trying to get the pension, the, the, the soldiers' pensions, uh-huh. you had to prove to the federal government that you were actually in the war. Oh, my gosh. So they had to recount, like, what they actually did. Yeah, so what they did, they All sent right. the letters, <laughs> and the letters ended up in the, in the pension records, and they're still there. After the war, the 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 men who came home, uh, what happened to them? Did they go back to their regular jobs? I mean, the ones who were injured, what how was the what was the rehabilitation in the eighteen yeah, sixties? That's a good question, and I, I I wish I had the answer, but I, I have none. Um, I I just out of guessing, I would imagine that they just went back to their jobs. Uh, and they were disbanded uh, before the end of the war, correct? That's correct. They mustered out. Just, they mustered in uh, July fourth, eighteen sixty one. They mustered out July fourth, eighteen sixty four. Yeah, are are there any monuments to the to the men of the sixty second uh, Pennsylvania Volunteers? The the one at Gettysburg in the wheat field. That's okay. the one I know of for sure. Um, I'm, I imagine there might be other ones, but I'm not sure where they would be. Are are there are, are some of these uh, men that were local? Are they buried? For instance, up at Grandview Cemetery in, in Braddock or Versailles Cemetery in McKeesport, can can people visit the graves? I don't know if any individuals from this regiment are buried there. Okay, but I do know in North Braddock, in at the North Braddock Cemetery, there is a uh, a Civil War monument, uh, and it's it's one of the biggest cannons I ever saw in my life. <laughs> and surrounding it are are Civil War soldiers' graves, but I never got to the point to to look at the headstones to see if they were from this regiment. So to answer your question, no, I don't know where they would be buried. I know in Gettysburg, a lot of them were buried uh, on the road leading uh, out towards the wheat, uh, towards the peach orchard, because uh, I used a, a reference book that, that was able to tell you uh, where men from certain regiments were, were buried, and there's, there's, there were quite a few in Gettysburg. I imagine they were then moved to the to the Soldiers uh, Cemetery in Gettysburg. We're just about out of time. I wanted to ask you before uh, we wrap up, how long did this process take? When did you start working on this book? Wow. Uh, 
I would say 15 years in 15 to 15 to 12 years. Good grief. And I was I was working wow. I was working at the time. So, you know, you go to work, you put in your 8 hours and then you come home and you do your research and the weekends you go to the library and uh it takes a while. <laughs> well, it's it's an incredible effort and uh I think the evidence of your success is the fact that, again, I've never seen any book on Amazon that every single review, and there's six reviews up there as of this morning, is a five-star positive uh, review. Some of the people who read the book are going into great detail about how much they enjoyed the book, um, and, and that is certainly something worthwhile. The name of the book is Pittsburgh's Forgotten Civil War Regiment, A History of the 62nd Pennsylvania Volunteer Infantry. It's by, uh, well, we'll say Ernie, but uh, it's by Ernest D. Spizak. Now, it's on Amazon.com, or they can get it directly from you by emailing you, correct? That's correct. And it's D-E-L-O-N, 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 at Verizon.net. Yes, sir. And you are going to be signing copies at the Monroeville Library on July 9th. Yes, sir. Mr. Spizak, it's been a, a pleasure and an honor to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Jason. I really appreciate it. And you've been listening to our conversation with the late Ernie Spizak. Ernie died on Thursday, April 20th, 2017, at the age of 71. Some people considered Ernie the David McCullough of the Braddock, North Braddock area because of his focus on local history in his weekly contributions to the Valley Mirror newspaper. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community. Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport, PA, 15134. You can email us at tubecitytiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online.